Right, fellas. Remember, Sao Paulo's got a bit of a reputation for mugging, so be on your guard, lads. We've got to be there to run Luis and Valtteri tomorrow. Hands up, or you will get shot. It's all right, lads. Do as he says. Just hand over your wallets, and none of us will get hurt. I don't want your money. What? Oh, I suppose you want our phones and credit cards in. No. I want the detailed design drawings of the Mercedes Power Unity you will be running next year. Wait a minute. I know that voice. Hang on, let me take this up. You're Alan Prost, I knew it. Uh, yes, me and Renault would have got away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Hello and welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth, he's Zog. Hello. And there's a noticeable absence where Richard Porter would normally stand, spoiling our evening. There's a tall space right there. Big, just, a big know, empty tall space. space. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. off grand touring at the moment, so it's just me and Z. It's like back to roots. Back to basics. On speed, yeah. Hey. So here we are now with a new world champion, which we'll come to in a moment, His Royal Highness Lewis Hamilton of Florida. He's somewhere like that, yeah. 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 But did you watch the race on Sundays? I did. What a race! Uh, really, I d- yeah. yeah, I don't know. It didn't really. It tickled me. Brazil's always fun. You know, yeah. it's, it's a fun circuit. There's fun people. There's fun weather, and it was fun this time for lots of reasons. Not least of all because Lewis had to start from somewhere outside well, of Sao Paulo. Yeah, yeah. Wait, and, and, yeah, and he did have a fantastic run up through the field. That was great to watch. Yeah, he's certainly got a lot more passing with Lewis coming back. Up all the way through the field. Yeah. Yeah, like I say, Brazil's a good track, tends to produce some good racing. But after Vettel had made his move at the first corner, there wasn't really much doubt about where it was going. Bottas didn't really take the race to him. And, you know. Yeah, that was interesting that Bottas couldn't compete with Vettel there. You know, there are a lot of people going, mm, I told you so, Bottas is not very good. Because you were able to make a direct comparison with Lewis right at the back of the grid and Bottas right at the front. Yeah, but right, what, exactly. But what Bottas did not have was an absolutely brand new engine, MGU, MGUH, MGUB, MGUC, D and L, whatever it is they put in the car these days. And it was well advertised that Lewis had a car had that a... was fresh out of the box and cranked yeah. up. Yeah. I'm not taking it from him because I, I th- and I think there was at least one point wasn't there when they told him he could use a bit more to turn um, it even more on the to engine. eleven turn it up to yeah exactly to <laughs> the spinal tap as they call it um, yeah so sure but even so you know when one of you starts on pole position and yep. one of you starts at the back of the grid yep. and you end up with the guy that started on pole position not winning the race and the guy that started at the back of the grid mm. in fourth place. Mm. I thought Bottas had a terrific start to the season. You know, he had a good early part of the season, I thought, but he hasn't delivered so much in the latter part of the season, I think. It's great that there's more harmony in the Mercedes team, yep. if you're a Mercedes fan, yep. but he's certainly not pushing Lewis as much as Nico did, is he? Yeah, I think there's a truth in that. He is the perfect number two. You know, he's absolutely dependable. He didn't throw it at the wall. And let's not forget, Lewis threw it at the wall in qualifying, which is extremely... 
extremely rare and a unique event, in my opinion, isn't it? Yeah, but if you're going to stuff it in the wall, do it in qualifying, not in the race. Yeah, true enough. So, you know, even when he screws up, he does it the right way. Yeah. Lewis was helped by there being a very early safety car in that race at the end of lap yeah, one. Which Vettel took great advantage of on the restart. And Bottas really wasn't on it on the restart, was he? He true. got caught napping. I still like Bottas, and I'm, I'd be oh, very yeah. interested to see what he does against Lewis next year. Because if he can come out of the blocks quicker than Lewis and he can get a hold in the first few races, the psychological battle will be won for him. And that's all it is. It's a psychological thing. Because he's every bit as quick as Lewis, isn't he? Isn't he? No, he's not, is he? He's not. He's just not. But who is, you know? I am. um... In my head. (laughs) Well... (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed the synchronised crashing by... Was it Grosjean? Grosjean, yeah. Yeah! Two-thirds of the French drivers of the field wiped out in one move. That was a, desert, <laughs> a terrible, terrible afternoon for... Who's the third French driver? Uh, Gasly. Oh, of course. He is well-spotted, um, he? Yeah, uh, yeah. Not a great moment for French solidarity and <laughs> support, but... Uh, uh, and that was kind of tough. That The penalty was a bit harsh, because they both just got a little bit out of shape and yeah. span off, and it seemed to me they were really penalising Grosjean there when they really didn't have any cause to it. Lewis was 14th by the end of the second lap. Mainly because the whole grid was bunched up because of the safety car, but he was able to take opportunity. He got them while they were close together. He was able to make greater strides. Now it's the time for greater strides, as John F. Kennedy once said. Towards the end of the race, I actually felt a pang of guilt. Dreadful, dreadful guilt. Because I wanted Lewis to do well. I wanted Lewis to get on the podium and perhaps even win the race. That would have been absolutely Yeah, yeah, I, 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 you could see it coming, you know, yeah. you know seventh, sixth, fifth. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to happen, but I wanted it to happen. Right. But I felt enormous guilt when I realised that Lewis was going to displace Massa off the yeah, podium. I, yes. I, At some point. I mean, I know he finished seventh Massa, but I didn't want that. I actually wanted the perfect podium. It was probably with Massa... Winning the race, Lewis second, and, I don't know, Bottas third. That would have been perfect. <sighs> I like Massa, but when he was fine with Alonso, in that last lap, I remember thinking Alonso had been all over him for a good part of the race before yeah. that, and he was still on him. And I was trying to work out how I felt about Alonso jumping him at the last minute yeah. and taking that place. And, you know, would that be a tragedy in Massa's last moment of glory at his home track? And I realised that, actually, no, that's not how I feel. If Alonso takes him, fine. That's just two racing drivers doing what they do, Mm. doing what they're supposed to do, and doing what we want them to do. Race as hard and as fair as they can. And actually, if it had cost him a podium place, okay, neither of them were going to be on the podium. It was just great to see him there at his home race again. And if he'd lost a place, so what? As long as he's trying as hard as he can and racing hard, that's what we want. Welcome to the Piranha Club, I think someone said. You know, there is no mercy in Formula One. There is no generosity. If Alonso would have had that place, could have had that place, He'd he would it. have had that yeah, place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so well done to Massa for holding him off. He drove well, actually, Massa. He should know his way around Sao Paulo. He wasn't in the fastest car, but I was very pleased for him. I'm very fond of Felipe Massa. I'm glad Richard's not here, because Richard really didn't like Massa. He was was whingy, and I don't think he was whingy, and he thought he was slow, and I don't think Massa was slow. But the thing I like most about Massa was when Lewis pipped him for the World Championship in 2008, and... When Massa came out onto that Brazilian podium, hand on heart, tears, 
That was the most beautiful, magnanimous emotion moment in Formula mm. One. I, one of them I can ever remember. And I'll always be grateful to Massa for that. But yeah, it's yeah, sad yeah. that Massa may well be remembered as the almost man, which he was. But he got so close to winning it that year. Yes, he did. And people always say that for 30 seconds, he was world champion. Yeah, you know, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, you're always going to have more almost men than you are the ones who make it. Correct. So that's yes. the nature of the game. Ooh, and, you that's know, a cruel truth. Like, you know, almost everybody who's a teammate to a Schumacher... To a Hamilton. I know there are two Schumachers, but how many Hamiltons are there? Oh, now? Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, okay, and, and and thank you. You are now making me realise that what I just said is wrong because if you're a Schumacher, you know, if you're a Schumacher, Schumate. If you're a teammate to a Ralph Schumacher, you know, you've got a better chance of making the World Championship, I would suggest. Yes. But, you know, if you're a teammate to a Michael Schumacher. Not so easy. It's going to be tough. Towards the end of the race, there was that utterly, utterly heartbreakingly emotional, delicious thing where, is he called Filippino, Felipe's son, spoke to his dad on the radio. I don't know if this was on the Channel 4 coverage, but it was on the Sky coverage. Yeah. Where he said something like, I love you, Dad. I will follow you to the end of the earth. I don't know why he's got a Mexican accent. Uh, also, I loved your start. I mean, that was just deliciously heartbreakingly sweet. <sighs> Too, yeah. too much, you think? Too much syrup? Oh, I'll take that as a yes. I, no, no, I'm just not going to say anything. No, no I, I didn't have tears in my eyes. I wasn't weak. But I, 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 I'm just not going to say anything about small children being involved in... Uh, no, I, I'm just not going to comment on anything to... Yes, guess, you I guess, already I have. Guess, I guess I don't like kids all that much. Is what I'm <laughs> in a in a round. So you know, it didn't terribly move me. It didn't make me bawl my eyes out. I just thought, oh, that's a slightly more obviously set up yeah, yeah. PR tug on the heartstrings in the most nakedly obvious way you can. And do you know who's I, responsible for that? That sounds like a kind of grouchy reaction, doesn't it? That seems like a slightly sort of, no, you know, I, miserable... But that was my reaction. I'm sorry. I didn't do anything for me. I take your point. I think Liberty are probably responsible for this because Liberty have said, we want to get closer to the emotion of the sport. I don't think they said it like that, but... Yeah, and, and I think some of the ways in which they've been doing that have worked very well. Like the thing with the Ferrari fan in the stands... The little one, kid. Yeah, yeah, yep. at uh, one of the early races of the season, the Kimmy fan... They did that little thing of bringing him into the pits. and Yeah. Hey, Formula One is a family sport. That worked. And it also worked because you do get the feeling they are genuinely trying to make the sport a bit more accessible and open and not quite as closed off and exclusive. But it doesn't work for me. When you get these radio messages that are so obviously set up, kind of mm-hmm. curated mm-hmm. by the team and by Liberty to be heard on the coverage... I just feel a bit sort of played. I like hearing team radio when it's members of the team talking about what they're doing and we're listening in on what they're doing. And because everybody can hear it, they're not going to give away anything terribly secret. But you've got a little bit of insight into what's going on and it's genuine. That stuff isn't genuine to me. I take that. And we're getting more and more of the pit-to-driver, driver-to-pit radio than ever these days. There was a great moment where Alonso was talking to his engineer and he said, oh, what can we do? So, okay, let's go get him. And it was almost like hearing the kind of conference that you got in the Apollo space program, you know, okay, let's do this, guys. You know, there was a... Yeah, okay, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Okay, got a plan. Do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was nice. It sort of played out in real time. And I think... What Liberty are doing in that respect is bang on. However, if Liberty 
ever attempt to do that big American showbiz intro like they did at the Texas race for the drivers. Here he is, the flying Dutchman, Max Verstappen. If they ever attempt that again, I can't be responsible for my actions. It was horrible. No, I disagree. No, 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 no. I think it, it didn't work perfectly, but actually I thought that really worked quite well. It's um What? Yeah. Yes, it was cheesy. Yes, it was a bit over the top. It was cheesier than your Quattro Formaggi that you ate about half an hour ago. <laughs> and that was cheesy. Quattro <laughs> um, Formaggi. Yeah, well, I thought it worked. I don't know whether it's because, sort of in that American context, things that are a bit more showbiz and over the top and brash and really in your face can seem more appropriate. Mm-hmm. You allow America to be American in America. Yeah, it's yeah, America. It's the US Grand Prix in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be quite as, you know, buttoned up as Monegasques in Monte Carlo. or In fact, they're not going to be as buttoned up as Beery Brits at Silverstone even. But for me, I thought they pulled it off pretty well, I thought. I, I disagree because I think... Formula One is exclusive. The appeal of Formula One is you can't come in here without the pass. Oh, no, you can't come in unless you're a Ferrari. You know, you can't come in unless you're the managing director of the company. But we still want your money. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of greedy and slightly distant, slightly unobtainable. And if you try to package it... Sort of like a criminal, really. (laughs) (laughs) Formula One is criminal. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It is. The money they're charging. I've been to Silverstone. I'm not, dog. But I think if you try to oversell it, it doesn't sit well with European cool. Because that's what is at the heart of... Ferrari and Monaco, you know, European cool, you know, we're a bit Yeah, no, yeah, right? absolutely. That sophistication, European heritage, and yeah, that, no, that's absolutely Look part at of Flavio Briatore, he's the very model of European Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> so we, we hint at sophistication, say Flavio Briatore. <laughs> right, okay, that's, yeah. <laughs> However, at the end of the race, we had Vettel on the podium. Vettel beat Bottas, Lewis couldn't quite do it. Kimi was almost there. I've been working on my Kimi impression. The thing Kimi always says, ah, it's the same for everybody. That's his catchphrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tomorrow I'll be the same. It's just that I don't make much difference. These two catchphrases, it's the same for everyone. It doesn't make much difference. I've worked out Well, make the most of him while you've still got him because he's not around for that much longer, is he? One more season, two? Yeah. Mm, I reckon probably just the one more, but he's had a good year, I think. You know, he's... he's, Solid. Yeah, yeah. he's solid and he does his own thing. You need a Kimmy. He's like the... um, What's the word? Like the benchmark, isn't he? Kimmy. You know, Kimmy does it without any of the fuss. Everyone talks about all the fuss. Kimmy just goes out and does it. That's what you can do. doesn't really bother. Just get in the car, drive. But Vettel sang on the podium. Did you notice... During the German national anthem, he sang a few lines of the German national quite quietly, I but he that. definitely sang it, and sang a few lines of Fratelli Italia, the Ferrari anthem. And as a Welshman, someone who sings on the podium, deep admiration. I like Vettel even more than I did. I like Vettel in a Ferrari anyway. Talking about the podium, the very rare thing on the Sky coverage anyway was to have Rubens and Massa on the podium at the end. Now, that's a new sort of... Touch. We wouldn't normally do that. You wouldn't have anyone else on the podium apart from the three podium winners. But they decided to do that whole shtick with Massick because it was his last home race. That's Liberty doing the emotion thing as well, giving a platform and seeing the human element. I thought they did that quite well. And, yeah, agreed. But agreed. Massa didn't cry. I was disappointed. Yeah. He should well, have cried. He did cry last year. That's the problem with the, oh, going off half yeah. cock. You know, if they hadn't had last year, maybe he'd have been crying on the podium. He's pre cried. Had... Yeah. 
pre-corona. Well, cried out, as Alison Moyet uh, once said. Did she? Yeah. She did, I remember did, saying yeah. it, yeah. Not to me personally. Towards the later stages of the race, Grosjean was told that he got a penalty. He had to do a drive-through mm. or a 10-second. He was quite surprised now. by that. I yeah, he, I, they, they, he had no idea. I got the impression he was a little bit... Um, but the most surprising thing was surprised. when you were on board with him during that, when he got that message, did you see how terrible that horse was? Every corner, whether it was Grosjean's driving or the setup of the car, I don't know. Every corner he came to, the back end was out, the front end was out. And that car, my respect for Grosjean has soared. Because if that's the car he's driving, he's doing very, very well. It's a not very well balanced car. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's had a couple of respectable results, but it would be nice to see House develop to a point where the drivers could actually do something with the car. Well, I think you find that depends entirely on Ferrari, which oh, is basically oh, the go. car that they've got next year. Lewis didn't get the fastest lap either. Max got the fastest lap in the end, 1 minute 11 something. But the other thing that's going on in Formula One at the moment, which we haven't discussed, is how worthy Lewis is as a four times champion. And how McLaren are going to do next year with, with Renault Power. Right. That we'll discuss in a moment. Janine, I'm just about to start the Tesla Model 3 production target uh, evaluation meeting. Do you have anything important for me? No, Mr. Musk. Call me Elon. That's great news, thank you. Well, guys, did you hear that? Good news, huh? Okay, give me some good news now. I need a status report of how production of our Tesla Model 3 is coming along. Well, Elon... Call me Mr. Musk. Sorry. Well, Mr. Musk, we seemed to have solved the production bottleneck that was limiting us to building only six cars a day... That sounds like good news. I was worried that I may have to blow up the moon like I said I would if things didn't work out so well. (laughs) Just kidding. So how many cars are we building a day now? How close are we to the target of 500 cars a day? Uh, uh, Pretty close now, sir. Just exactly how close? Uh, 100, sir. You mean 100 short of our target, so 400 cars a day? No, sir. I'm, I'm, I mean 100. We are building 100 cars a day. So what's the holdup? Is it the batteries arriving late from the Gigafactory? No, sir. Is it the robots? Do they need longer arms and shorter hours? No, no, sir. It's not that. But we have identified what's slowing up delivery of our new Teslas. So what is it, man? Well, to deliver the cars... We need to charge them, and you know, sir, it ain't like filling a gasoline tank with electric cars. It takes anything up to 20 hours. Janine? Yes, Elon? Blow up the moon. Blowing up the moon, Elon. Set petrol! We gotta change up speed! So Lewis Hamilton is now four-sevenths of the way of matching Michael Schumacher's record. That's my interpretation okay, of it, okay. right? He's now ahead of Senna, yep. on terms with Prost. Yep. Who else won for? Fangio? 
Jackie uh, won three. Jackie was three. Yeah. So, no, he's up there with not just the great, but the very great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he going to be able to match Schumacher? By the way, congratulations, Lewis. We're thrilled to bits. Well done. Absolutely, yeah. yeah that. Can he match Schumacher? Yes, absolutely. Yeah? He is still supremely quick. Yeah. He is showing no sign. His raw speed is dropping off. Mm-hmm. He has, if anything, this year matured and grown as a driver, I think. Mm-hmm. So as long as he's got the car, it is quite possible he could win the next three world championships. That's very unlikely to happen. So if he is going to match Schumacher, he's going to have to stay in the sport probably for more than the next three years. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to speculate about that. So who knows? I mean, he undoubtedly has the talent to match Schumacher in his achievements. Yeah. Whether he chooses to stay in the sport long enough to tick all those boxes, mm-hmm. I don't know, because he clearly has interests outside motorsport, which you'd sense within a few years. Yeah. He's being tattooed a career, though, because he's clearly <laughs> very keen on tattoos. That's not slowing him down, though, is he? You know, that's who, who is it you said to me the other day? When did tattoos become not just a fashion statement, but a mental illness? It's, <laughs> it's a good point. Schumacher. Rode the perfect wave, you know, the perfect storm. This is the perfect wave. You know, he came in with Jordan before he could mess things up with Jordan. I stick around there long enough for his car to let him down and never prove how quick he was. He was picked up by Benetton at a time when Benetton were confounding everyone with their ability. How did Rothbard. they ever do that, I wonder? Was it anything to do with Rossborn, do you suppose? Mm, yeah, mm. I, don't know. I wonder, or some secret code. A little bit of secret code, maybe. Yeah, yeah. but Rossborn being just super yeah. genius. Yeah, pretty big part of that. And then he rode that wave to Ferrari when Ross and Schumacher went to Ferrari. It's a time when Ferrari had been rubbish previously, but Ross saved Ferrari. But he never managed to do it when he came back to his final years with Ross at Mercedes. But what Schumacher managed to do was ride this perfect wave, you know, because no team has... Perfect performance for more than, I don't know, four years at the most before it starts to tail off. But Schumacher managed to skip off to Ferrari before Benetton's four years was up. Lewis timed it perfectly well. He came into McLaren in the healthy years when they were a works Mercedes team and even managed to win when McLaren were a customer Mercedes team. And then as it started to fall off, he went to Mercedes, and a team on Ascension. You know, he's leaping from a rising wave to a rising wave. The best drivers almost always end up in the best cars. You yeah. know? So this, the riding the wave thing is, as much as anything, a product of the best teams realising that there is a particular talent that they want to get hold of, yeah. and they want that guy in their car. Mm-hmm. As to whether Lewis is going to see out his career at Mercedes... I could see that happening. I mean, quite a likely scenario is him, I think, probably being there maybe another three years and then retiring. Although, let's say he had six championships. I wonder, would he want to hang on to try and get that seventh? Mm -hmm. Who knows? You can't even speculate about Mm -hmm. that. He'd want to prove that he could do it in a third team, though, wouldn't he? If you think about it, he would love to do it at Ferrari. He would love to do it at Red Bull. So many people say that every Grand Prix driver wants to race at Ferrari. Schumacher said it and Vettel said it. They felt this tremendous draw to Ferrari. I'm not sure whether Hamilton would feel the same thing because... Mm -hmm. I think he's done his thing already of breaking away from a team where he'd made a name, become established, and establishing himself somewhere else. 
And that place is also a name that has a tremendous motorsport heritage. Granted, it's not the pure F1 pedigree that Ferrari has, but I just have this feeling that maybe the career path that Lewis has had of winning championships with McLaren and then doing it with Mercedes, I just think he may not feel that same draw to Ferrari. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he'd love to drive for Ferrari, given the right chance. I mean, who wouldn't? For the record, Ferrari. Yes, if you'll take me next year, I'm I'm up for it. (laughs) I mean, really, uh, we could work something out. I'm very reasonable. Uh, What should we say? Three million, I swear. Yeah. You know, you know who... who yeah, you're you know, a bargain you know, who, who, Signs who, 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 now, Ferrari. Like, yeah. Yeah, who wouldn't want to do it? But you know, I'm not sure whether he'd... I don't know. I tell you what... In my imagination, he would probably see his career at Mercedes. The only other place I could see him, apart from Mercedes, is returning to McLaren. If, like you say, he gets to a point where he's got six championships, and by this point because of the new engine regulations Mercedes perhaps don't have the advantage that they have now things have evened up a little bit that he might be tempted to go back to his nursery his spawning ground if you like McLaren and do it there albeit with a different engine whatever that would be you know whatever they would be using in a few years time but I can't imagine him going to Red Bull. Maybe I could. I don't know. I think if, a few years' time, if there's the situation where Red Bull has the right equipment and makes the right offer, That's why, all it's why about. wouldn't he go? Yeah, you yeah. know, if, like I say, if he'd won six championships, he might want to win a seventh. And if Red Bull have the car that'll give him a seventh championship, he's going to sign for Red Bull. Hmm. Now, on the subject of the future of Formula One and engines changing everything... Have you heard about the new engine regulations? Yes. Do you understand exactly? They're doing away with the MGUH. the detail, but they're simplifying various aspects of it. It's part of this terribly difficult juggling act that is constantly going on in motorsport, and in F1 in particular, of trying to create the conditions where you have competitive teams, Mm -hmm. and teams can be competitive, and you also don't necessarily have to spend too many hundreds of millions to be competitive. How many is too many hundreds of millions? That's a very good yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you'll get a different on the team. You have to keep changing things. You have to keep changing rules. You can never have a situation in any type of motorsport where you have static regulations. Or if you do, that's not going to be your top tier of motorsport. It constantly has to change in order to create the right conditions for teams to be competitive, but also to be able to show what they can do. And this is one of the things that I think as fans we generally want to see in the sport we don't just want to see the best drivers driving quickly we want to see what amazing machinery the teams can produce given certain parameters and you have to keep redrawing those parameters in order to stop things getting so refined and then so static that you know who's going to win every time Mm -hmm. or you know who's going to be winning next year and you have to keep juggling things around to make it all work. So these new regulations, which are designed to make it possible for new engine manufacturers, engine constructors, suppliers, to come into the sport, namely Aston Martin, Porsche, and I don't know who else, someone else has mooted. Do you think it's going to work? Is the new engine formula going to be simple enough that manufacturers who have no recent experience of Formula One can come in and compete with Mercedes, Honda and Renault and Ferrari. I'm not quite sure. Obviously, a lot of the current manufacturers are complaining, in Ferrari's case, quite bitterly about the proposed changes. 
on face value, that suggests that probably the rewriting of the rules is mostly going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Because if you're an established manufacturer who's invested a very great deal of money in developing a terrific power plant or a not-so-terrific power plant in some cases, <laughs> you don't want to make it too easy for another manufacturer to come in and do what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You want to make it hard. So my initial take is that they probably got it about right. Good. Are we going to see an Aston Martin engined Red Bull then when the rules change? They're talking about bringing it forward like as well from 21 to 20 or something. But yeah, it'll be an Aston Martin. I'm sure Martin. they won't do that. I, mean, I can't imagine doing it a year earlier. But yeah, it'd be, be terrific to see the Aston Martin name on, I, on a Red Bull. I, yeah. I think they're going to struggle. I'd be great. I think they'll struggle. I think simply because of experience and resources and data available to the incumbent engine manufacturers, that even if you set the bar a little lower... It's going to be really hard for Porsche and Aston. Less so Porsche. I think Porsche have got great racing experience at the moment. But Aston Martin, the engines that they're making are, please don't take this the wrong way, but relatively crude compared to the F1 engines. The engines that Aston Martin use in world endurance racing or any GT racing. And they're going to have to buy in that technology, that knowledge, that skill set from... I don't know, Ilmore or Cosworth or Ricardo might be able to help. Yeah, they do transmissions. Who else am I thinking of? The thing is, though, that it's quite possible that Aston Martin, they're obviously aware of the expertise they'd have to bring on board to... Uh, they to have brought some Ferrari thing. people in, haven't and they? And, you know, it, it may also seem a slightly align with some of their plans for road cars and for how they're going to develop their road car range mm -hmm. in the future. They may see some synergy going on there that means that it's not so much of a big deal for them to be investing in a bunch of people with expertise in hybrid powertrains. I don't know. They seem to be very serious about it, is all I've really picked up from Aston Martin in, in this respect. They seem to be really quite serious about doing it, if they have the opportunity. I've just bought an Aston Martin Voltage. Sorry, did you say Vantage? No, no, Voltage. It's a plug-in hybrid. Yeah, that, that's what they're going to have to do, isn't it? I, I want, just coined I the name I wonder there. if they've trademarked it already. You never <laughs> Quick, know. Write it down. Send it back to yeah. myself. Okay, so talking about engines in the future of Formula One. Hooray. McLaren are going to have halfway decent engines. The third best engine in Formula One next year. Yeah, well, it has been, yeah, and probably will be again. Yeah. Well, they've won yeah. races this year, Renault engines yeah. in, in the yeah. Red Bull. So but they're sort of still, you know, probably half a second behind Ferraris and Mercedes, mostly, something like that. They've got a bit of ground to make up still. Yeah, it's going to be Alonso's last year. Do we think in Formula One, unless he wins the championship? Do you think if he mm. wins races, he'll stick around for one more year to try and win a championship? Do you think? I think he's over F1. Probably. I mean, obviously, he's been going and doing other things, been finding other races, other motorsport to satisfy his need to race competitively. Another year? A couple of years. No, I think it'll be in another couple of years. At the time we're going to press, it's been mooted that Alonso's going to drive a Toyota, either one of the two Toyotas or a third car, at Le Mans next year, which would mean at least we'd have three cars in LMP1 next year. And it hasn't been announced because Alonso is still a Honda driver. And so we have to wait for the McLaren-Honda contract to expire before he can announce that that's what he's going to do. He'd be in breach of contract for all sorts of reasons if he did that. If he's going to do Le Mans next year, I haven't checked the schedule, will he miss an F1 race? We used to have Canada on Canada's the same usually, day. Yeah, well, it, it, but for the last it, two it's years, it's whether it's on the yeah. same weekend or so adjacent weekend. if he's not in the McLaren-Renault next year, who is the replacement driver? Is it Lando Calrissian? Uh, What's his name from Star Wars? Yes, yes. Lando um, Norris. <laughs> 
Lando Calrissian. Is he actually named after Lando from Star Wars? He could be. Nobody has ever been called Lando before, have they? I don't know. I may be betraying yeah. a slightly insular... I've again. never maybe, met a Lando. Maybe, I know loads of Chewbacca's. Could it be? <laughs> Michael Chewbacca, Ralph Chewbacca, Mick Chewbacca. It could be an Italian, Lando, could it, with an O ending? Yeah, it could be. Could be like an Italian or Spanish name. Is Han Solo related to Napoleon Solo? Of course he is, yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realise yeah, it. No, it just occurred Common to me. knowledge. Mm. So it may be the saving of Le Mans next year because we're concerned about what's going to happen to LMP1 with there being only one hybrid team. But now it's been announced that the Ginetta will run. Manor are going to run a Ginetta LMP1. By Collis will be there. And someone else is going to run a Ginetta LMP1. Ginetta themselves, possibly, or someone on their behalf? I forget now. I reckon with Alonso... Showing such interest in Le Mans and Daytona, and he's going to be doing yeah, Daytona yeah. as well. Probably, yeah, almost certainly. Does he really care about Formula One anymore? Because well, in order to win at Formula One, you've got to care about Formula One and nothing else. So does this mean he will never win in Formula One? I'd have thought it's unlikely he's ever going to win another race in F1, unfortunately. But I've been tremendously impressed with Fernando in the last couple of years, how he has dealt with being a McLaren driver when McLaren have had a pretty mediocre car. He's dealt with it, I think, magnificently. You know, he's given that car finishes that it should never have had. He's flattered it to an extraordinary degree. He hasn't complained and thrown his toys out of the pram. He's had a, a little really bit. positive attitude. It's, GP2 it's almost like sort of you know, it's almost like sort of somebody you know who's being constantly badgered by a really irritating child who's constantly poking them with a <laughs> stick and has no sensitivity for how irritated they're getting, and they sort of finally stop. I'm tremendously impressed by Alonso's attitude. I've developed a respect for him that I didn't really have before, to be honest. I always had the greatest of respect for his driving ability but somehow his personality didn't quite impress me that much. Have you seen him crack a nut with his neck muscles? Have you seen this? Believe me. I'm glad you said neck muscles. Yeah, 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 it's it's on YouTube. There's a thing on YouTube where Alonso is at a party and he's given a nut and he puts it in between his shoulder and his chin and he goes... He breaks a wall. You can do that. (laughs) You've been listening to Zog. Goodbye. Uh, me, Gareth, will leave you with a tune. And as Lewis won the World Championship for the fourth time, here's Lewis's anthem. As I think he hears it in his head. See ya. God save our gracious queen. Long live our noble queen. God save the queen. Send her victorious, happy and glorious, long to reign over us, God save the Queen. Totally blessed. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed!